1: Hello and welcome. To my favorite murder. The mini This is the mini like Karen said. It's your emails.
0: You've sent them into the Gmail. Yeah. We read them to you. Everyone wins. That's right.
1: Should I go first? Yeah, do it. All right. I'm not going to read you the title of this one. Hi. Hello. How's it going? Great. That's wonderful. Not so great. Treat yourself to a nice meal. You deserve it. Huh. Taken care of. Yeah. Then it says, my cats, mocha, and cinnamon also say hello to Mimi, Dottie, and Mo. Thank you. Eeny, meeny, Dottie, Mo. Oh my God. Okay, I'm going to try to be as anonymous and brief as possible because the drug underworld is a super scary place, but this is my favorite weird and also not funny, but funny, but also interesting party story that I tell everyone when I feel awkward and I want to share it with you. That's exactly what hometowns are about.
0: Entirely. Mm -hmm. We're giving you conversation starters for the next month.
1: That's right. And we want to hear your conversation starters as well. If you're going to take one, you have to give one, essentially like a penny. Yeah. Some years ago, when I was 19, I returned home from college for the summer. And thank God I did, because I will take San Diego dry summer heat over Boston's sweaty ball sack humidity of hell. Wow. Thank you for making me say that. (laughs) During one of my grocery trips with my ama, we were listening to Koridu on the radio corrido is a subgenre of corrido, a.k.a. a narrative ballad popular in Mexico that focuses on illegal activities, a.k.a. drugs, and not the good kind. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I said that so poorly and I apologize profusely. I grew up listening to this and other Latino music, so I never paid attention to the lyrics until I heard my last name in the song. Now, my last name is very unique in the U.S., as in there's not even a handful of people that have my last name. So I turn and ask my lovely Ama, is my last name common in Mexico? But in Spanish, you know. (laughs) And on our way to Wally World, of all places, she says to me, oh, that's your great uncle. Insert me looking confused in Spanish. (laughs) Okay. Okay. After more <laughs> probing and getting nothing out of my ama, I decided to do some research and discovered that this man was not only an infamous cartel, but also worked side-by-side side with El Chapo. Ooh. He was even a reoccurring character in Netflix's Narco, Mexico <laughs> season one through three, in case you were curious.
0: Narcos. I haven't watched Narcos because any show about either mafia, cartel, whatever, mm-hmm. it to me, there's so much violence. Yes. And then there's very rarely any kind of like, you know, yeah, good romance or anything else that's gonna kind of keep you there. But I've always heard Narcos is
1: awesome. Yeah. Let's let's pick that up. He is also dead, supposedly. And to my greatest relief, my family distanced themselves from him the moment he got into crime. I was also the last one to find out, and I'm pretty sure it's because I was the baby of the family. As I mentioned previously, I consider this my party story. I also consider this my, I don't know if you want to get involved with me, man. My family has a history, so leave me alone, you fucking creep story. I have a sister who (laughs) listens to you guys. Hi, Melly, And she hates talking about this while I just yap about it freely to anyone, like I have nine lives instead of one. (laughs) anyways thanks for reading stay sexy and tell everyone your dark family secret when it's an interesting but also concerning story b B b-e-a
0: b first of all what a great name so good old school and also yes so true how bizarre would it be you're listening to a song on the radio (laughs) and then it's suddenly like your uncle john yeah your uncle john Kilgareth. and you're like
1: wait (laughs) is that a common name
0: Wait a second. He was an electrician, one of the greats. <laughs> but guess what? He was also in Narcos. <laughs> he was a character on Narcos. Guess what? Like, that's intense. That's amazing. Oh, uh,
1: the legend of of John
0: Kilgarriff. Oh, you know. Just an update. My uncle John was not in the cartel in any way. <laughs> yeah. he was a great man. Rest in peace, Uncle John. <laughs> Truly one of the funniest people I've Aww. ever known in my life. Love it. Um, the the best was so he got tongue cancer and he oh. had to come down here because there was a doctor in Southern California that had like a there was like a specialist for yeah. the thing that he had yeah and so my dad came down with him. Um and like stayed with him while he was getting these treatments just so he wouldn't be by yeah. himself. So I went out to meet them to go out to dinner with my, and my cousin Pete. And we were there and I walked in. I'm like, Uncle John, how do you feel? And he goes, I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> he just like screamed it in the middle of this Italian restaurant.
1: You know, I didn't know you had a John Kil, an Uncle John Kilgareth. And I just totally fucking made a name up and got Uncle John Kilgareth right.
0: Oh yeah, well, I said Uncle John first. So yeah, that's oh. why I said it.
1: And I went with it. Okay, now I get it. Yep. Got it. Do you just felt the power of improv? I did, (laughs) (laughs) because Uncle John was so fucking funny. Thanks, Uncle John. He taught us
0: all. Okay, this says, the subject line is babysitting hometown. And then it just starts in all caps. Guys, my sister will lose her mind if you read this on the show. Please read it. Uh, You won't regret it. (laughs) My my sister Christina got me hooked on your podcast and this story is about her. We're both in our late 20s now, but this story happened when we were 19 and 21. So she was a nanny for a couple for a while in her early college years, One Friday, when she received her paycheck, she realized that it was a bit short. No big deal, of course. She knew it was a simple mistake that the parents would fix. She messaged them in a group chat, politely letting them know that her paycheck was short. They apologized profusely, feeling embarrassed that they had made the mistake. She assured them it was no big deal and that they could give it to her on Monday. Fast forward to the weekend. My sister is drunk on stage at a restaurant singing karaoke. Oh, no. Then in parentheses, it says she's actually a really good singer, too. (laughs) She had, for no specific reason, chosen the song Bitch Better Have My Money by Rihanna. It's not no specific reason, that's it's subconscious, basically. And also, that song rules, as we all know. When they got the bill and asked for the to-go boxes, the waitress took the food back and placed it in a box herself, marking the outside with the song that the person's head sang on stage to keep straight whose food was whose. Monday morning rolls around and my probably hungover 21-year-old sister grabs her to-go box of leftovers as her lunch for that day. She shows up to her nanny job Pops it in the fridge, and she's getting the kids settled as the parents are heading for work. The dad opens the fridge to grab his lunch and sees the box that says, bitch, better have my money, written in bold letters. (laughs) No. Yeah. Shocked and pissed off, this man looks at my sister and says, my wife will have your money to you this evening. Completely oblivious, my sister replies, okay, no problem. And he leaves for work. (laughs) As lunchtime rolls around and she reaches into the fridge... She internally dies of embarrassment as she realizes her mistake. The dad thought she had written, bitch better have my money on her lunch as a message to his wife. She attempted to apologize through another group text to the couple that was reluctantly accepted. She didn't work for them much longer after that. Anyway, I hope you had a good laugh. This is my favorite story to tell about her. Thanks for all you do. (laughs) Sincerely, Ileana. She, her. That's another great name. Ileana's a good one.
1: Oh my God, that is... Cringy and I love it.
0: It's so embarrassing. And how if you were that father? Yeah. How psychotically passive aggressive would you? You're just like, they're threatening me just in case I see her food container. Yeah. Like how insane. (laughs) You would get scared if that person was in your house.
1: Weird message that's like inappropriate and yes awkward. oh my god I love and then it. you're just leaving your kids it alone in the yes. house with that person you have to because you have to go to work <laughs> oh my god please send like please send awkward misunderstandings we need those
0: i would love to know how what christine is like in real life where yeah. it's just like was it a total like
1: dr Jekyll mr hyde where it suddenly it's just like that really nice girl i need awkward misunderstandings please send them to my favorite murder at gmail Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. I'm not going to read you the subject line of this one. Hello, murder fam. I think you all are great, and I appreciate your openness in talking about mental health, medication, addiction, et cetera. But for real, let's get into it. Six years ago, my mom died from pancreatic cancer, and after a difficult divorce that left just me and my dad to celebrate holidays together, so I try to make them special. My dad grew up in rural Michigan where it snows, so I wanted to take him somewhere it snows. Mistake number one. I thought it would be (laughs) fun to see the dogs, puppy included, experience snow and get some time outside, Mistake number two. So on Christmas Day, my dad and I set out with my puppy, Nelson, and my 13-year-old Australian shepherd, Pebbles, to walk along a pretty tame portion of the Pacific Crest Trail. I turned off the main road and instantly hit slushy, icy mud. I knew I needed to put the chains on because it was only going to snow more and more and get harder to drive. Now, you should know I don't drive to the trailhead in all my gear. Hiking boots, warm jacket... The car is warm and so I can put all that stuff on at the trailhead. Same thing goes for my dad. So I lay out the chains for the tires and I'm no expert here. So I'm trying to line up my tires with the chains and my dad steps out to help. We leave the car running with the hot air so the car doesn't get too cold. You already know what's going to happen, right? I think so. Just as I step back to the car to drive over the chains, my 40-pound puppy, Nelson, looks me dead ass in the eyes and steps (laughs) on the lock button. (laughs) The car keys are in the ignition. The car is running and I have no phone and my dad and I are locked outside the car effectively in T-shirts and slip-on shoes. Oh, shit in a snowstorm. Oh, God. We're on a lightly trafficked dirt road on Christmas Day and virtually no cars are coming and going. My dad's on blood thinners and I'm worried about him getting cold. And Nelson isn't quite reliable with the potty training, so I'm worried about the mess we'll come back to. I feel like that's the least of your problems because you're about to fucking die of hypothermia.
0: Yeah, but don't forget that um,
1: she left the heater on in the car. So whatever mess happens, it's
0: going to be multiplied by 50.
1: Oh, God. (laughs) Finally, a car passes us and offers us a blanket. After about another 10 minutes, another car sees us and offers to call AAA. They warned me it would be expensive, but at this point, I'd offer them Nelson in exchange for getting in the car. Mm -hmm. Another guy lets us get warm in his pickup truck while we wait for AAA. All these people, total strangers, might have saved our lives, We easily could have died from exposure in a few hours. The AAA guys come and pop the door open in a second. Nelson wasn't the least bit remorseful for nearly killing me or my dad. I haven't left Nelson alone in a running car again. However, that's one mistake you make once. Mm -hmm. Stay sexy and don't leave your keys in the car alone with your dog, Lauren. (laughs)
0: Also, how about stay sexy and don't, just because your dad grew up where there was snow doesn't mean you know how to deal with snow or drive in right. it
1: or handle it. Right. I think another thing too is always put your cell phone in your pocket when you get out of the car, no matter how quickly you're getting out of the car, right? Yes, yes. Oh God. Just always, always prepare for the worst. Just stay home. Just fucking stay home. Just stay
0: home. Well, also, because I'm, it, it's making me think, did they say the Angeles Crest Forest?
1: Um, the Pacific, I think it was the Pacific Crest. The Pacific. Oh, oh, okay. I was assuming it was literally like up the five or something. Oh no, no. I think this isn't like actual <laughs> snowy, cold.
0: Got it. Snow got, got it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that it's also very beautiful that those people helped because I I wonder how much it influenced the people to help people on Christmas Day.
1: Yeah. Oh, they loved it. You know what I mean? It is also sad. Like these people are trying to do this lovely thing because the mom died. This person got a, di- Lauren got a divorce. They're trying to have like a nice, memorable, still happy celebration. And it's probably no kind of great that everything went to shit
0: because yeah. it's like a
1: funny story to tell now, right? Like yes, And exactly. they needed it.
0: They need they needed it. And then it's like, how about we don't go for a hike in yeah, the snow? How about next and year? So we go out <laughs> and have a bottle of wine and a really nice dinner. That's right. Okay, here's my second one. This uh headline it says, PhD in earthquakes, my time to shine, get payback <laughs> on my wife and talk about quicksand. <laughs> cool. And then the beginning of this uh just starts in all caps. Finally. <laughs> I've always wanted to write in, but I'm from a tiny town in Texas, Port Aransas. What's up? So I have never had a hometown, though my mom and grandma did find a dead body on the beach one time, but that's annoyingly all the details they've ever given me. Jesus. Oh, that must that's have been so scary. Creepy. Clearly, I didn't get my Murderino genes from them. Anyway, this week, Karen told the story of the Alaska earthquake, and my time has finally come. I just finished my PhD in geoscience with a focus on earthquakes in late 2019. Congratulations. Wow. I actually worked on a machine that my advisor built that simulates some of the effects of faults moving. With that said, I'm going to try to not get too excited about earthquakes, but I did want to share a little. On last week's episode, you were wondering... And last week's episode is meaningless here because yeah. of the, just so everyone listening understands, these are all out of time. Yeah. Time is not relevant anymore on this podcast. Time is like melting butter. It doesn't hold <laughs> it just up. It doesn't matter. Yeah. On last week's episode, you were wondering about what controls the duration of earthquakes. Consider this an anti-corrections corner email because you are absolutely right. Oh. The equation to determine earthquake magnitudes includes the distance that the fault ruptures or moves. So in general, the farther the fault slips, the higher the magnitude, and the longer the earthquake. That's horrifying.
1: Wow. No, I don't want it. So quick jolt, those little threes
0: that we feel, threes yeah. and fours every once in a while down here. Yeah.
1: Just a, a... little, <laughs> like, uh-oh. Oh, oh. my God.
0: Okay, earthquakes have a lot of other crazy consequences that not everyone knows about. You mentioned tsunamis, which is a huge one. I actually lived on a ship in the Indian Ocean for two months, studying rocks underneath the ocean Mm. in the same area that the 2004 Sumatra earthquake happened, magnitude 9.1. Holy shit. Yeah, remember that one, Sumatra earthquake? But I think one of the crazier things is called liquefaction. All right. So this is the reason that I got excited about this email. I mean, I like it in general. Yeah. When I bought my first house, I had to sign a ton of extra paperwork because of liquefaction.
1: Oh, I don't know what that is. That sounds like an energy drink, but I guess not. (laughs) It
0: does. (laughs) Liquefaction zero, no sugar. (laughs)
1: Liquefaction pounded.
0: Let's let the earthquake doctor tell us all about it. Great. Liquefaction has caused massive damage in New Zealand after earthquakes. When the ground shakes for a long time, soil gets compressed and water pressure increases underground. Mm. This increase in water pressure underground can cause the ground and soil to appear to almost flow much like quicksand. (gasps) Uh -uh. In New Zealand and other places, this has been severe enough to essentially sink cars partially into the ground. Earthquakes have so many different consequences and are really scary for people living on or near fault lines. The other issue is that they are almost impossible to predict. Anyway, I could go on forever, but I really (laughs) just wanted to write in because I finally had a reason. (laughs) Also, my wife and I live in Houston, and she went to a live show here before I moved down and talks about it all the time. Hmm. Oh, those Houston Houston shows. Man. Yep.
1: Man, Texas shows up. Texas knows how to party because they pound liquefaction before every show. <laughs> this is I'm on this tip now. <laughs> yeah, liquefaction. all of, that I was basically told, I lived close enough
0: to the LA River that <gasps> if there's a high enough earthquake, my entire house could fall into the ground. Like I was basically, it was sinkhole potential. Oh my god!
1: And you were not yep. that close to the LA River like that. You not were not really. close. Oh my god.
0: Uh, so, if this email makes it onto the next episode, I'll finally have beaten her in cool
1: MFM experiences. Ah, love it. <laughs> That's what we're here for. <laughs>
0: We love y'all. We've been OG listeners. Thanks for always being vocal about mental health and the crazy-ass world we're living in right now. SSDGM, Abby, she, her. Yes, Abby, <laughs> you
1: won. What's up? Abby, you win. You win, hey. a, you win a case of liquefaction. <laughs>
0: Fuck,
1: I can't get off of it. I think it's the funniest name I've ever heard in my life. It sounds so
0: dramatic that, I, like, yeah. truly, the year after I bought that house, I was like, everyone that <laughs> I knew that had also bought a house, I was like, hey, did, did you have a liquefaction thing? Oh, my God. to we were had so just like-
1: sure it was going to happen at that point. Point, it's, yes, it sounds if they so warn you about it, you have to <laughs> sign paperwork about it. But I've never heard of it. That's terrifying.
0: Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs?
1: Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could,
0: as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient- it
1: madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. This one is called My Grandma and the Mob Parade. And it just starts, Alejandra, I am definitely willing to bribe you. So let me know if you're open to negotiations. <laughs> Alejandra, guess, of course, guess the is yes. picks our hometowns and clearly she is open to it. When my grandma was four years old, there was a parade in town. Her father thought it would be fun for her to ride in the parade, so he just handed her up to a guy who let her ride in his lap. Fun story, (laughs) right? No. Except this was 1946 in Detroit, Michigan. The parade was the auto industry's golden jubilee, and the man holding my tiny grandma was none other than Jimmy Hoffa. Uh. Who were you? I was John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne Gacy. (laughs) Teenage John Wayne Gacy. For any listeners who don't know, Jimmy Hoffa was the notorious leader of the Teamsters Labor Union and is known for his criminal activity and mob connections. My great-grandfather was a union rep for the Detroit Auto Workers at the time, and he met Hoffa through the union. Hoffa became the local union president not long after the parade and went on to be the vice president of the Teamsters in 1952. He was eventually convicted of jury tampering, bribery, conspiracy, mail fraud, and wire fraud. After getting out of jail, he mysteriously disappeared. Of course, we all know about Hoffa's grave Mm -hmm. not being found. It is widely believed that he was murdered in a mafia hit, but his body was never found. So that's the story of how my four-year-old grandma rode in a parade on the lap of a notorious mobster. Grandma claims she has a photo of it somewhere, but I've yet to see it. I discovered your podcast about a year ago and have since binged every episode. All I can say is thank you for being you. Oh. Stay sexy and don't give your children to mobsters, Kate. Imagine (laughs) a
0: modern day parent handing their toddler up to a fully grown man on a parade float and being like, meet you
1: later. Yep, I'll see you at the end of the parade or I'll just meet you at the local bar when this is over. Bring my kid. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's just <laughs> so absurd. Think, and then, in addition, it's a fucking mob boss essentially <laughs> that you're handing your kid to.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the mob eventually became. Yeah, let's it was lay more off. Like a power player. Yes, let's I'm here to argue for Jimmy Hoffa. That's right. The subject line of this email is: Yes, Jeff from a she chef. Hello, food arenas. <laughs> so much going on all at once. (sighs) I squealed with joy when I heard you wanted to hear from chefs. I always felt like I never had anything good to write in about. No hometown murder, no family scandal. I'm just a basic boring bitch, really, except for this one thing of being a chef. I have so many stories from cooking in restaurants from NYC to SF, even a small three-month stage in the middle of nowhere, France. Hmm. Because they said, even a small three month stage. And then in parentheses, it says pronounced stage, S A S T A J. So it's staj. stag. 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 Because that J is yeah. not a G, no. right? Stag must be meaningful in some way. Yeah. Thanks for the pr- pronunciation and no explanation of an American <laughs> yeah. word with a, like a Dutch pronunciation. Okay, anyway, I'm not mad. My favorite memories were at a restaurant in Midtown Manhattan some 10 years ago, working for a celebrity she-chef. She was and is a badass who would yell things like, plate fucking faster, or I don't care if you get burned, put your fucking finger in it <laughs> to check if the food is hot. Oh. All in an open kitchen in front of all the diners. Yes. She even kicked some diners out of the restaurant for accusing the cooks of tasting with dirty spoons hell yes, that's the coolest. Oh my God. No, I don't think this kind of behavior is okay, but she taught me everything I know, so I'm forever grateful. Just want to take a quick break here to say, it seems like for chefs,
1: that's pretty mild behavior. Standard and mild,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. kind of high pressure situation. Okay. One night she said her friend, the one and only Anthony Bourdain, was coming (gasps) for dinner. Oh my God. He was sat at the chef's table within view of the open kitchen. I was on saute that night. It was very busy and I was turning and burning, dripping sweat and cursing under my breath, trying to keep up. I was putting a couple of finished plates in the pass and looked up to see the silver fox himself Mm. looking at me dead in the eye with an ear to ear smile, waving at me with one of those long arms, as if to say, you are in the shit right now and I (laughs) see you. Cheer the fuck up. I didn't fully appreciate it in the moment. While I was thinking about where the next orders to get out. God, I miss that man. Oh. Ugh, for real. Several years later, I helped open a restaurant for the same chef in SF, working 16-hour days, six days a week, and she was being featured on Mind of a Chef and, of course, had to film opening night, mm-hmm. the fuckers. Things were toxic, and I was diagnosed with severe anxiety and depressive disorder, which I think was always there, but I just couldn't ignore it anymore. I almost left the industry altogether. After getting professional help and taking medication, I left that place. I met my husband, moved to the North Bay, got a dog, had a baby, and have been chefing for a great wine company for the past six years." Anyways, thanks for being fans of what chefs do. We do it for you. We are, in fact, a bunch of traumatized, emotionally handicapped masochists (laughs) who live for the moment, however small, of having someone say, well done, you did a great job. Mm. I hope to cook for you all someday. Stay sexy and don't put your fucking finger in it unless you want to get burned. (laughs) KT. (laughs) Oh, that
1: was fun. That was a really fun one. Wow, yeah, that is wild. Is that the
0: last one?
1: Yeah. Yes. Ending on that one. Yes, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Yes, Jeff. Thanks. Thank you, Jeff. Of course, Jeff. (laughs) I'd love
0: to hear more stories like that. That idea of, especially in fancy restaurants, when rich people try to accuse people of things. Yeah. I mean, how satisfying is that? Where it's like, get the fuck out.
1: You know what I was reading last night? Um, I follow this. I secretly follow Kitchen Confidential on Reddit. There's like a Reddit thread of just back of house stories. And one of the questions was, have you ever had to come out from back of house to defend front of house and kick out a customer or whatever Mm -hmm. it is to defend them? And there are some great stories in there, so maybe we can get people to write those in as, too, as well. Oh, yeah, like have you yeah. ever, you know, waiting tables and like having to grab the fucking dishwasher and been like, can you come stand up for me because this customer is being an asshole? Yeah, I want those stories.
0: Yeah, that would be really exciting. Yeah, any like work drama stories? Totally. That it's all good. It's
1: all a good story. Life stories, really. At my favorite tell, murder at Gmail.
0: Tell us about your life. Tell us about everything.
1: But stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie? Ah!
0: This has been an Exactly Right production.
1: Our senior producer is Hannah Kyle Crichton.
0: Our producer is Alejandro Keck.
1: This episode was engineered and mixed by Stephen Ray Morris.
0: Our researchers are Maren McLashion and Gemma Harris.
1: Email your hometowns and fucking hoorays to myfavoritemurder at gmail.com. Follow the show on Instagram and Facebook
0: at myfavoritemurder Murder and Twitter at MyFaveMurder. Goodbye. Goodbye.